This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Leighton Hewitt, and you're listening to the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast. Many of the best tennis players in the world are at the Queen's Club this week and Andy Murray knows it's not going to be easy. Sometimes, you know, the first couple of rounds you could ease yourself into the grass court season a bit. This year, that's not happening. You know, some of the guys that are playing here that aren't seated are excellent tennis players and it's going to be, be very challenging, so you need to be, be ready from the off. Last year's champion Grigor Dimitrov can't wait to get started. Every time I come out here, it's a, it's a special feeling to me um, to earn to come here as a defending champion obviously means a lot more to me, but uh, you know, let's not just get uh, carried away. I mean, I, uh, my first round is around the corner, so I'm really looking forward to that one. You know, trying to stay really, um, really good and composed. Uh, I think I really need to have a very solid and clean start in order to uh, to continue a good run out here. It's Leighton Hewitt's last ever Aegon Championships. Obviously, it's great to be back here one last time as a as a player and. Uh, you know, just really fortunate that we can go out here and obviously compete against the best guys still at this place, and uh, yeah, it brings back a lot of great memories. But yeah, once I get out in the match court, I'll be trying to trying to do as much as I can to obviously get the points and, and come away with the win. And this is what 12 weeks on the road has done to Nick Kyrgios. I'm starting to lose my marbles a little bit. I bought a scooter this morning, and you know, I'm riding it around as if it's like my little hometown. So you know, I've been on the road for almost three months now. More the reason I'm losing my marbles. I put a yellow streak in my hair. I just woke up and I was like, I think I'm gonna do it. Nothing really inspired it. I just do strange things sometimes. Hello and welcome to the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast, which is brought to you in association with The Telegraph. And it's brought to you from inside the bowels of the Queen's Club, a venue which has staged the Aegon Championships for more than a century. And this year, it is bigger and better than ever. My name is David Law, and every day during this tournament, we're going to be bringing you our free downloadable tennis radio show to give you unique access into the world of the Aegon Championships. Over the next half an hour, we're going to hear from many of the best male players in the world who will grace these beautiful grass courts. Andy Murray, Leighton Hewitt, our defending champion Grigor Dimitrov, and from Nick 
Curios, and in a special feature every day, we're going to celebrate legends of Queens through the eyes of the great BBC tennis commentator, Mr. John Barrett. We're also going to play Challenge Catherine. What's that? That's where my regular co-presenter on the tennis podcast, Catherine Whitaker, gives her predictions of what will happen in the following day's centre court matches. And we try to find someone who she might be able to beat. Catherine Whitaker. it doesn't happen very often, does it? But maybe, maybe here at the Queen's Club, you'll find somebody you can beat. The things I do in the name of this podcast, David, I'm like a sacrificial lamb. Uh, but I've only myself to blame because if my predictions were only halfway decent, I wouldn't be in this position. So, but I'm determined, I think. So I've got seven days of predictions. I, I think I can do four out of three, four out of three days of success. That's my, that's my goal for this week. Now, do you have it in you to do a daily podcast? That's the big question. We're going to be doing this every single night, aren't we? Following the great matches that we have at the Queen's Club, and we are going to be chatting them through. We're going to be talking to important people. We're going to have special guests. We've got one right sitting next to us at the moment. We'll bring him in in a minute. I didn't realise I had a choice, actually, David. I thought, you know, we'd, we'd tweeted that we were doing every day, so we've got to do every day. You didn't, I didn't realise I had the option to uh, scoot off home. No, I don't think you do. That special guest that I've just referenced is a man who's going to be running the show here at the Queen's Club over the next seven days. And this tournament has improved over the last 12 months. I've just worked out more than it had and changed in the last 20 years. It's always been a wonderful tennis tournament. What, what, what are you looking at? What algorithm did you use for that calculation, David? Tell me more. Well, uh, let's find out from the tournament director of this wonderful tournament Mr Stephen Farrow because this event has undergone some changes Stephen. Absolutely it has uh, this year we're in ATP 500 um, going up from ATP 250 which we uh, which we have been for the last few years um, which has seen quite a few changes um, the two biggest ones from a player perspective double the ranking points a million dollars more in prize money uh, the winners getting 380,000 euros as opposed to 80,000 euros uh, we've got the extra week between the French Open and the tournament this year which has given us time to really sort of build up the anticipation in advance and um, here we are with some absolutely fantastic players in the player field as well. It really is, isn't it? I mean, when we were doing that draw together a couple of days ago on Saturday, we had Grigor Dimitrov with us pulling the, the chips out of the bowl and, and looking at them, 32 players lined up, and it was a who's who, wasn't it? Eight of the world's top 13 and Rafael Nadal as well. Absolutely. Uh, very exciting to have Rafa back. Um, I was just speaking to him on the phone. He's just landed in London and he's uh, on his way to uh, his hotel, having won at Stuttgart today. And he's very eager to get out on court. Uh, he'll be here practicing tomorrow on court on Centre Court on Tuesday. So it's very, very exciting to have him back. And, you know, we've uh, spoken about it before, but it was extremely exciting to announce his return. And the reaction we've had to that has been absolutely fantastic. So it's very exciting for all of us. But it's not just about Rafa. We've got so many good players in the draw. And, you know, we've like you said, when we were doing that draw the other day, and obviously the curious Vavrinka match was the one that everyone sort of gasped at, but there's really strong matches across the first round, so it's going to be a fantastic couple of days. It takes some doing to fit them all in. I tell you, I've been in on some of the meetings today where we've been trying to figure out who plays on centre court, when, well, there'll be some fantastic matches. We'll tell you about them a little bit later on the tennis podcast. Now, Stephen is going to have to go and do some work because days do not end here. But Stephen, just before you go, you're going to like this. Every day of this tournament, we're going to celebrate the past. Today, we're going back to 1962. Legends of Queens. Rod Laver. 
Born in 1938, the red-haired Rockhampton Rocket is viewed by many as the greatest player of all time. John McEnroe's hero, the left-handed Laver, won two calendar year Grand Slams. At the Queen's Club, he won the title twice, 1962 and in the Open Era, 1970. John Barrett saw him up close. He had everything, did Rod. He had a great serve. He could manoeuvre the ball beautifully by taking it very early. He, he could see the ball early. He could serve and volley. He could stay at the back. He was the first left-hander, we remember, to hit over his backhand. He had a topspin backhand to die for. I mean, it was just a brilliant shot. And he was essentially an attacking player. He used to love attacking and hitting from the back of the court to find approach shots that would take him to the net. Um, he was quick and physically fast, so no, he was supreme. So the great Rod Laver brought to you in the words of the great, equally great, in his own way, John Barrett, the BBC tennis commentator. And we'll be hearing from him every day during the Aegon Championships tennis podcast. And we hope you enjoyed hearing from him there. I certainly did. Catherine Whitaker. We have a draw to discuss here. And when it was made a couple of days ago, there were gasps, weren't there? Particularly when Nick Kyrgios against the French Open champion, Stan Wawrinka. Absolutely. But then sort of afterwards, I think everyone looked at the draw and looked at the depth of the field and thought, well, what are you expecting? Because when you've got unseeded players like Nick Kyrgios, I mean, John Isner isn't seeded here. That's how strong the draw is. When you've got a field of that depth, of course you're going to end up with the likes of... Favrinka against Kyrgios. I mean, that's probably about as blockbuster a first-round match as I think you'll ever get anywhere, really, on the tour. It's just, I mean, maybe with the exception of the World Tour Finals, where you've got only the top eight players in the world. But apart from that, I think that's about as good as it gets for round one. What I like about those two as well is neither one of them are really doing that, oh, you know, I'll take it one match at a time thing. They're both got a little bit of bravado about them, haven't they? And, and we both got opportunity to interview them over the last couple of days. And Nick Kyrgios, you could see when I actually was the person who told him who he'd drawn. You know, he, I said, have you seen your draw yet? And he said, no. And I said, here you are. And he goes, oh, good. You know, he was quite happy. David Law, the master of understatement, saying Nick Kyrgios has a little bit of bravado about him. Um, but that's what people love about him. He's got a bucket load of bravado about him. He doesn't care who he's playing. He thinks he can beat anyone. And why would, if I'd beaten, if I was 20 years old and I'd beaten Nadal and Federer in the last 12 months, I would think the same. So everybody says, oh, you know, he's a bit arrogant. He's got a bit of swagger. But that equally, that's what everybody celebrates about him. And everybody recognises that that's... A, a sensational thing for tennis, so bring it on. Stan Wawrinka arrived here today, fresh from Roland Garros glory, and he was really, really relaxed. I, I haven't seen him that relaxed before. I, I've interviewed him a few times. He was laughing and joking and talking about his shorts, which he incidentally told us he has got with him. He might wear them, he might not, so intrigue. Uh, but Stan Wawrinka really reckons, I think, that he can reproduce some of that clay court form on the grass. Why wouldn't you be thinking that if you're Stan Wawrinka? If you'd put in the performance that he that he put in on Sunday, why wouldn't you think, well, if I play my best tennis, I'll I'll beat anybody? Because that is the case. I mean, yes, he's not proved himself on grass yet, but he's just taking it surface by surface, isn't it? He's done the he's done the hard courts, proven himself there. He's done the clay courts. I see no reason why he can't do grass. I guess time isn't necessarily on his side, and that he's doing it later in the day, but. 
you know, people, guys are playing well into their 30s now. He, he, there's no reason why he can't conquer the grass. Well, those two are going to be playing each other on Tuesday. That day as well, we'll also see the first appearance of Andy Murray and Rafael Nadal as well against Alex Dolgopolov, a player who I remember beating Nadal last year in Indian Wells. Absolutely fantastic match that was, but some real form being found by Rafael Nadal. As Stephen Farrow, our tournament director, said, he won the tournament in Stuttgart earlier today and he's already in London, so Rafael Nadal will be here and he will be ready. Now... What about Andy Murray? He's the top seed, and he's been talking to us about his form and his new coaching setup. Some periods last year, I actually played some very good tennis, but then physically didn't feel so good. And then um, sometimes I felt like I was playing really well um, in matches for periods, and then I would, you know, lose that consistency and um, or that level, and I was just inconsistent. Um, you know, whereas now I feel like last few months consistently I've been playing well in, in all of the big events and you know hopefully um, that will stand me in good stead for the, the grass court season. This event last year was the same with the first one that Amelie came to with you. Can you sort of give me a little assessment, a review of the last year with her, how it's been? Yeah it's been good. I think the, the first few months um, you know weren't necessarily it's not like it wasn't easy, but it's just that we didn't know each other at all. So that sort of transition um, period for when you start with, you know, a new coach, um, you know, just takes time to get to know each other a little bit and the things that you, you both like and exactly how to communicate. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel, and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live, and you can watch on your phone or on your smart TV in HD. Sounds great. There's genuinely nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere. And can I just sit and watch court shows in Longland all day? You sure can, David. Wherever the stories are, the rivalries emerge and the generations clash, you can watch it all with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Be there when it happens by subscribing to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. With each other, so um, the first couple of months, you know, took a bit of time. But now, I mean, you know, we get on extremely well. Um, my results have been been very good. I enjoy working with her, and now, obviously, with with Jonas coming on board um, too, um, you know, it's going to be a, an exciting grass court season for all of us. And um, yeah, hopefully, it, it goes well. So that's Andy Murray talking about his new coaching setup, which still involves Amelie Moresmo for the grass court season. Jonas Bjorkman here on board as well. And Jonas is a man that we'll be able to hear from tomorrow here on the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast. Fascinating guy. Somebody I've spent a lot of time with over the years on the tennis circuit, 
always, always positive. And I think that that's a good fit for Andy Murray. Absolutely. I think it's it's really clear how well they get on off the court. And I think Andy is extremely receptive. Bjorkman has to say in terms of on-court stuff as well, I think Andy's always said that he tries to be aggressive. He's been accused in the past of not being aggressive enough. And he's always hit back at that by saying, well, I try and be aggressive, but it's just not always possible against certain opponents. And I think his employing Bjorkman is proof that he he really wants to be as aggressive as possible because that's what Bjorkman was best at. He was somebody that maximised his talent and that's what Murray's all about. Certainly is. Andy Murray will play his first round match on Tuesday, but on Monday's order of play, it starts with Fernando Vadasco, the Australian Open semi-finalist from 2009. He's up against Roberto Bautista, a good. Then it is Kevin Anderson against Leighton Hewitt in his final Aegon Championships and he's not going to be around too much longer on the tennis circuit, so enjoy it while you can. See if you can extend his time here at the Queen's Club for at least another match. James Ward against Milos Raonic, playing here for the first time in his career, is the third match on centre court. It all starts from 12.30 lunchtime, and fourth on centre court is Sam Querrey, a champion here in 2010. He is up against the defending champion in Grigor Dimitrov. So that is a, a pretty packed order of play, Catherine. Yes, and I'm very concerned that in not too much time at all, you're going to ask me to predict winners for it. And uh, I'm stumped. Usually in a first round draw, you'd have some really easy, most likely extremely one-sided matches. And I don't see any there. I really don't see any matches that are likely to be one-sided. So I'm, uh, I'm quaking in my boots. Let's hear from the new kid on the block. Milos Raonic has one of the biggest serves in the game. He reached the semi-finals of Wimbledon last year. He plays James Ward on centre court. And here is the Canadian looking at the Queen's Club and his game style. Courts here are great. I've had a great time leading into the event and preparing on grass as well as I can and trying to make the most of it. I believe it's something that's suited for my game. Uh, obviously, it's been difficult for me in years past, but last year I found a lot of answers that I've been looking for for a while and it gave me a lot of understanding and now it's about trying to make the most of the, uh, with those answers and with the opportunities ahead. It's going to be fascinating to see how Milos Raonic adapts to the grass, especially after that layoff because of injury, isn't it? Yeah, but I think he's raring to go. I think that time on the sidelines, I think it was tough for him. I think it was really tough for him to sit out the French Open, especially as he was hoping until the very last day that he would, in fact, be able to play in Paris, and he wasn't able to. I think he is really fired up and motivated, and uh, he's as he's got a... 200 mile an hour serve well not quite well in excess of 200 kilometer mile per hour serve why on earth can't he win here and at Wimbledon of course you know there's a number of other people that would have something to say about that but a fired up Milos Raonic is uh, a scary prospect on this surface so James Ward the British player who has performed heroics in the Davis Cup will have to produce something similar if he wants to knock out the big serving Canadian well James Ward certainly did well here a few years ago got to the semi-finals but that is a tall order now, a big deal as well is Grigor Dimitrov against Sam Querrey. That is a tough match to start. I mean, two former champions. Yeah, it's a really tough match. And I, I know Sam Querrey isn't where he was uh, when he won the title here. Um, and I know uh, he's not quite the prospect of John Isner, but I, it does make me hark back to the match earlier in the season that Dimitrov played against John Isner, and it, and it really exposed his weaknesses, his mental weaknesses. You have to be so consistent and strong and focused against a big server. And that is 
Dimitrov's area of weakness still. I mean, it's improving, but it is still his area of weakness. So he is going to have to play pretty well to come through that one. But he's not up against a server quite like Isner, is he? Sam Quarry has a big serve, but it is not Isner-like. No, and that's why he should come through it, and it's why... Well, I won't give my prediction now, but I'll, uh, 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 as you can probably guess, I probably will pick him to, to come through that one, but it ain't going to be easy. Catherine Whittaker there. Now, let's hear from Grigor Dimitrov, our defending champion, and he knows he won't get an easy start here. I'm here to play whoever's on the other side. Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie, the draw is, is really unbelievable if you think about it. All the guys are been uh, been playing a good tennis, and all of them are, are high-profile high players, so that's... That's the beauty in it, and I mean, I like to take on challenges like that. I mean, I know I don't have an easy draw, but I, I always like my chances anywhere I play, and I'm here to defend it. I'm not here to to just come out here and uh, and hold that I'm going to play a good match. What always strikes me about Grigor Dimitrov is no matter what happens in other tournaments, no matter how many disappointments he may have on paper in not winning tennis matches, he bounces into the next one and still seems raring to go and happy and confident and believing in himself. I've seen him knocking around the Queen's Club all week long, and he loves it here. I mean, he's, he's pally with just about everybody who works here and the club members and the, 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 the people who run this year round. And he really looks as though he thinks something is going to happen soon to me. Yeah, he looks like a kid in a sweet shop around this place. I saw him jogging up to the transportation office earlier, and I thought... Who's that? And I realised it was the blooming defending champion. Uh, yeah, he's he's full of the joys. And let's not forget, this time last year, he was coming into Queen's, having lost first round of the French as well. So French Open form seems to have little bearing for him on his grass court form. So I don't... I mean, I think his inconsistency throughout the year could be relevant, but I don't think the fact that he had a tricky previous few weeks is necessarily important, especially as it means he's had more time to practice on the grass than anyone. It is a match to savour and is one we look forward to. It, it is the fourth match on the centre court. Now, before that, second on after 12.30, it's Kevin Anderson against Leighton Hewitt. I, I know we shouldn't favour a player, but, you know, I'd just love to see Leighton manage to get a bit of a run going here, wouldn't you? Well, because we're fans, David, because we're fans and the romance of that story, the romance of the farewell tour that Leighton Hewitt is doing, that... That sings to the tennis fan and everyone, doesn't it? And uh, everybody admires Leighton Hewitt. Even if you weren't specifically a fan of him, you can't not admire him and can't not wish him well. That is a tough, tough draw, though. That is going to be a, a grind for him. It might have been easier if he'd drawn a less big-serving, consistent player than Kevin Anderson. I really think that is tough for him. But he is going to give it everything certainly is. But Kevin Anderson is a relentless player, a very, very good player, and it is going to be some battle that. Four times a champion here, Leighton Hewitt. He knows this is his last Queens, but he clearly still rates his chances. I think I'm a very dangerous floater, that's for sure. Um, I feel like on this surface I can go out there and match it with the best guys on my day. Um, I'm really happy with how I'm hitting the ball in practice. Um, so now it's a matter of taking that on the practice court into the match situation. So Leighton Hewitt still believes Catherine, it makes me laugh. You know, the results are not there to suggest that he can win this title, but he believes it. And you know what? If anybody could. Well, it, believing is a small part of the battle. 
isn't it? That'll probably get him, you know, two games per set, that belief in itself. I think, uh, I think the issue with him playing Kevin Anderson, I think he would almost have more of a chance if he was drawn against one of the really big guns when the occasion would just be overwhelming and it would be just the most momentous thing. I think the issue is that he's drawn against somebody that's extremely solid, but the occasion won't quite be as momentous as it would be as if he, as if he was playing Murray or Nadal or something. Not that I'd be predicting a Hewitt victory over Murray or Nadal, but I think you understand what I'm saying. So uh, I don't think I agree with you there. Do you not? No, I think he's going to be absolutely fine. The guy's going to behave as if he's just been plugged into the mains tomorrow. Of course he will, of course. But, I mean... When has he not behaved as if he's been plugged into the mains in, in the last 17 years? It's Leighton Hewitt. That's, that's the bare minimum we expect from him. So, I mean, even if he loses one in love, we'll get that from him. Yeah, we certainly will. Now, I'm not allowed to do predictions on these uh, matches. I've decided that because I'm the media director of this tournament. It just wouldn't be right. However, Catherine can. And uh, we're going to put her up against you lot because we're going to play Challenge Catherine. And Catherine, let's have your predictions, first of all, for Fernando Vadasco against Roberto Bautista Agut. Give us a scoreline. It's best of three sets. Let's hear it. You want me to give a full scoreline? I can't just predict the winner. Oh, crikey. Okay, well, I'm going Vadasco, and I will go 6-4-7-5. Okay, there's Catherine's view. Danielle has uh, commented on Twitter and gone with 6-3-4-6-6-2 for Fernando Vadasco. So three sets, and Catherine's gone in straight sets. Kevin Anderson against Leighton Hewitt, Catherine. Mm, I've given you a little preview of my thoughts on this already. I think Hewitt will gut it out and make it tighter than the form book would suggest. But I do think Anderson will win that maybe four and four. There you go. Six, four, six, four. Okay, Danielle says Anderson, 6-3-2-6-6-1. So three sets. Uh, Milos Raonic against James Ward. What do you got? I'm afraid, British tennis fans, I am going for Milos Raonic, as I've said. I think he is pumped. I think James Ward will bring his best, because he does here. That's what he does. But I think uh, he might have a niggle of an injury. It just doesn't seem like he's at his absolute highest in confidence. Despite his ranking uh, being close to his career high, I think, at the moment, I do think Raonic will come through that. Maybe 7 5 six, two. Okay. Well, Daniel says Milos Raonic six one six three, and Grigor Dimitrov up against Sam Querrey. I think that could be the tightest. You know, I I think that will go three sets. I think it will be Dimitrov six three six seven six three. Catherine Whitaker has spoken, and so has Danielle, who says 6-2-6-3, straight sets for Grigor Dimitrov. So there we have it. Challenge Catherine, day one, has been completed. Catherine Whitaker, we have it all to look forward to tomorrow. Excited? I can't wait to be humiliated on a daily basis, David. I just can't wait. Excellent. Just as I like it. You've been listening to the new daily Aegon Championships tennis podcast in association with The Telegraph. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.